0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a lakeshore and luxury home specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined, dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota. And still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour.
2: Yes, indeed, we're back at it on this chilly Saturday. The good news is, uh, guys, good morning, by the way, it's now above zero.
3: (laughs) Isn't that a treat?
2: It's it's two above. Uh, And if you're just joining us, welcome to the Real Estate Show. If you have any kind of a real estate question... Uh, for Chris or Andy, call it in or text it in before we say hi. Here are the numbers, 651-989-9226. Text, as usual, 81807. What's going on since we spoke last? How was the week? Andrew?
3: Well, I tell you, I, I had a, a fair week. I think that there was a uh, quite a few showings. Um, saw some good activity with buyers out there again. Um, you know, it's but it's it it is cold. I mean and, and I know it sounds weird, but the weather people say, Ah, we'll do it next week or whatever. If it's beautiful weather, they seem to say let's do it right now. The phone does ring when the sun's out in the winter. And uh so last couple if you paid attention, it's kinda cloudy this last week. Yep. And cool and so but usually Super Bowl Sunday's the big launch of the uh I, I shouldn't say it's not that day, but it's pretty darn close to that window of when the spring market takes off.
4: You know, we talk a lot about pricing segments yep. and what gets hot and what's not and um, we put one on this week we, on Friday. Mm-hmm. By Friday at five o'clock, we had seventeen showings set up. Wow! And it yeah. was two eighty nine nine in Apple Valley, and uh, <laughs> it's just crazy. Now those all those showings were set up. Now there were some on Saturday as well, but. Uh, and then multiple offers right away. So mm-hmm. there's some good – I mean that, that's what I tell people. Get your house ready and be prepared. And when the agent says, hey, it's, it's good right now, mm-hmm. grab it. And how you do that is just kind of check what is the activity like of those listings in the last 14 days. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you check everything. You know, if things have gone off the market, things have come on new listings, or what's gone pending. Yeah. Because you can tell quick, and then you can jump on. You know, a proactive market.
3: So on your end of town, are you seeing? We're, on the north side, I'm kind of seeing where the under three hundred, of course, is as hot as it can get, um, and then it's kind of the over six, and then everything in the middle's been just really kind of limping along. You know, it's do you, I don't know. Are you seen that in the South Metro uh, too? Yeah,
4: but do you think that's? I think there's a lot of of homes in that range as well. And I think once you get a lot of homes in that range, it's kind of um, people got choices. And I think when they have a ton of choices, uh-huh. what they do is they typically wait for more choices to come. Sure. And when there's not a lot of choices, they grab it because they don't think anything's coming. Correct. And so to me, that's I think when you get oversaturated in some markets. And I yep. think some of those are um, uh, created markets. And what I mean by that is that there might be to be built. You know and you look at one Lakeville was one that uh, mm-hmm. I was looking at, and there's like sixty some homes in a price bracket, but there's like eleven of them that you could actually move into right away
3: and so explain to me why why would a real estate agent do that
4: well you 're giving them options out there, so i mean if there 's not things out there, so say um, you're not going to build. You're not going to build a, just a ton of specs, mm-hmm. but you might be able to throw out there and say, "Hey, you know what? We're going to be able to put this Rambler on this lot. Yeah. You'll be able to get this with renderings and good pictures of something before, yep. and it's 1.2 million, and that might fit, might fit somebody's, um, you know, area that they're looking at, and you know, you kind of create a sell that way.
3: Well, I was going to say we we do that uh, as a tool in the North Metro as well, where we'll have like maybe we, for an example, we'll have one five bedroom house for sale. Just to see if we get any nibbles on five bedrooms, so we kind of helps us predict you know um, with kind of a, an educated uh, guess, if you will, by knowing how many clicks we 're getting how many viewings we get, um, which direction you know the the marketplace is kind of heading for demand, um, so we will put ramblers or a split entry or a two story or we 'll try different styles of homes, but the idea there I was going to kind of get to too is that with the variety i think also with the quantity that 's where most home builders will start is actually in that you know three high three hundreds to low four hundreds. Because of the price of the land and the houses that are being, you know, purchased, that's that's kind of where new construction has been really starting. I mean, granted, I have a few of them that are under three hundred, but very few. And so, I think that also is where. Do they come with a lot? Yeah, exactly. Those under yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, but the the idea there is that that's where a lot of that you said, like you said, it's 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 kind of uh, inventory that could be. It's right. not necessarily up and sitting there collecting dust yet, but it's it's on its way.
4: But it does confuse some people sometimes, and if you don't kind of really. Look at the data and what's out there. You know, if you're listing a home in that price range, an existing mm-hmm. home, you know, you kind of got to – it's it's a different thing. I mean, and building is a different thing. Right. And typically it's it's going to cost you more because you're paying for absolutely everything that you put into it. But you're getting everything that you want as well.
3: Right. Well, and, you know, the other thing is, is it would be interesting, you know, Danny, if you think about this too, if we were to take those numbers out of the queue – And it would show that all the 2B builds are literally not in there, how devastatingly low the numbers would be right now. I mean, it would be ridiculous.
4: I think a lot of things, too, on these 2B builds, um, to get them successful as well, is to be able to position them right on the MLS. Because a lot of people just do, like, one photo, you know, and Mm -hmm. just some things about maybe maybe the area, but they don't get any feel for what that house is going to be. And, I mean, if these builders have built these houses, I mean, you got to add those extra pictures because once people click through a couple, Mm -hmm. then they're like, oh, done, next one, because they're not getting everything that they want.
3: Right, exactly. Yeah, it it gets tricky, though, because, I mean, you know, you also get people that are, when they decide to move, they don't realize that building can take a year or six months. Or, you know, if you buy one that's halfway through the process, you know, 90 days, and then they want to sell their house now because the market's hot now. So I really tell everybody that's thinking about doing something this year, get a strategy session put together with a real estate agent. Maybe go talk to your builders of choice. Um, get going now and start looking at what is reality for timelines. And, you know, is, are you going to be able to take advantage of these good rates? Because over the year, the rates might jump up a quarter, half percent, you know, throughout the season. By the time you close on that house, you might have to budget having a half a percent higher interest rate, for example, as well. So, you know, just I think it's a good idea.
4: But I think sometimes, too, I mean, getting out and talking to those builders is a good thing. Sometimes relying just on your agent, um, which I, you have an agent, but mm-hmm. some agents are also um, – kind of like push people away from new construction and building for, for a few reasons. Number one, it takes longer to get paid. You know, from a realtor. So, I mean, because, yeah, you didn't know this. We don't get paid until it actually closes. And Shoot. so when you do that, then people, they might just throw stuff in there like, oh, you don't want to do that. It's kind of a pain in the butt. Or that they've had a real bad situation, you know, mm-hmm. with some new construction. Now, one thing we have to deal with with new construction is, is that weather thing. Yeah. You know, and and sometimes it just happens. I remember two years ago you were talking about, I think it was two years ago, mm-hmm. where it was just raining all the time. I mean, it's hard to get a basement in if it's raining spring, all the time.
3: After we had that... Uh, snowstorm Snow, in yeah. August, or uh, April, April, excuse me. And then we had the, uh, yeah. it was just ridiculous. It screwed up our whole spring.
4: Well, we also brought uh, Dean Nelson with Homes by Tradition, actually, uh, Mr. 2016 Builder of the Year.
0: That's correct. Wow. That's awesome.
4: Yeah. So, um, and we brought Dean in and then obviously we weren't, we weren't even talking about going this new construction to be built stuff. But what we wanted to um kind of hit on was, um, there's a lot of things happening and, um, a real huge market is uh, building on the lake, mm. you know, but there's not a lot of left lake lots, vacant lake lots, um, available. So there's a lot more that goes into it when we're tearing down houses. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that it would be good that we could kind of talk through that whole process and what, and what people cool. go through and know, because there is, I mean, at, at some point, you know, you're on the lake and a lot of people that are on the lake move up on the lake. You know, And so there might be an opportunity that, hey, you know what? Maybe we kind of take that house and kind of build around it. Maybe take that house and and get rid of it. Maybe it's sell that house and and go get another one. So we're going to talk about all of those kind of things. And do we have to go to a break?
2: I think we better. Okay. All right. Now is a good time. Uh, And again, as we head to this break, inviting our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have a real estate type of question, call us 651-989-9226 or text us. 81807. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on CCO, Chris and Andy, we're special guests. If you're just joining us, uh, we welcome, as we always do, your phone calls and text messages. There's a line open if you want to use the phone, 651 989 9226. Text. We have some of those coming in too, guys. 81807. Where do we go from here? Perfect.
4: Um, we brought in Dean Nelson, uh, president of Homes by Tradition. Uh, to kind of talk about, um, kind of redoing, I mean, or tearing down a house, and I think that's where I want to start: tearing down a house on the lake. What's what's all involved in that, Dean?
0: Well, our customers are reaching out to us uh, to research the property, help them make this process a little bit simple, um, or simplify it by visiting the property with them, learning what's the uh, what the expectations are for budget parameters. Are they looking to add something to the house? Are they looking to um, tear it down and build new. So we just help guide them through that process, and I think it's smart for a customer. The first step is to align themselves with somebody who's reputable and uh, has experience on lake properties.
4: Well, I think there's a big thing right there is because sometimes you get into that, and if you haven't dealt with it, you don't know what's going to happen later on. And, I mean, it's easy to probably get rid of the house you know, but there's some things that hey, all of a sudden you just start tearing down a house. I mean, first unless of all, you have a
3: huge miscellaneous expense category yeah, on your budget, exactly. You know,
4: which is <laughs> yeah, what would you say the first thing is if you're if you're contemplating tearing down your house? You think a survey would be the first thing to do? Absolutely, to understand?
0: that's a really really good first step because then you learn your uh, setbacks, you can learn uh, utility services, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, those types of details, and then you could use that to go to the city because sometimes your customer may not be aware if they take that existing house down. Um, and build new. There might be another setback requirement from the lakeshore. Yep. And so sometimes you got to really factor that in, and what kind of um, building envelope do you have once you get that survey and truly understand what it is you can build on that property.
4: I think something interesting about that too is that if someone is looking into that and they just go to the city and say, "Hey, city, you know, can we build a house on here?" I mean, the first thing they're going to tell you number one is go get that go get that survey, but I also think it's super important in the resale of that if you have a survey and let's mm-hmm. just say you can't do it, or you decide you know what let's sell this one and we'll go somewhere else i think when you when you do that um you're giving someone else the full information to be able to make a decision when they're purchasing that house, and it's only going to get better because the more knowledge they have, is the, you know, you can kind of dive into that right buyer.
3: So backing up just a titch then, if I'm a seller thinking of selling my lake home, which may be, you know, eligible for a tear down or, you know, rebuild or remodel or whatever, um, would it be to my advantage, Chris, to spend the 800 $900, whatever you end up spending on a survey, to have that before I even list the property, do you think it adds value to the buyers coming? Thousand out? percent, I agree. everyone
4: always asks that. I mean, nobody wants to know? do it. I don't well, know
3: why, but yeah.
4: well, and then sometimes we have on, on area lakes around here. We have some lakeshore that's not even owned. I mean, right. and, and you kind of find that out, you know, when you do a survey. If you if you don't know already,
0: oh, it's critical insurance. I think to have a survey in hand, know mm-hmm. what you can and can't do, and have a little bit of feasibility and study on the front end can save you a lot of money in the back end. So,
4: Go ahead, well, Andy. I was going
3: to say I had that exact example over in Medicine Lake in Plymouth where we had a property listed where they're like, yep, that's our piece down by the lake. And it actually was owned by the city. And they actually have a lease on that space. And so technically you do not own lakefront property. You have the right through that lease. But what if the lease goes away? So you had, then I said it's very important for us to make sure that lease is current, updated, and that you can actually uh, grandfather that in when you sell the property to the next owner too. So food well, for thought.
4: And that you can actually go into the water if you wanted to go into the water. Right. You know, because if you don't cross that, there's there's a lot of areas and and lakes um, around that um, people don't do not own the the lakeshore. They're lakefront, but they're not on the lakeshore, so it's kind of a little tricky thing. So we've decided, yes, the survey is great. Um, we're going to rip down a house. What's the process of getting rid of the home?
0: Well, it's a demolition process. I just want to um, uh, tell you know customers out there that if you're looking at a property, there are if it's a challenging lot or if uh, there's a house that is um, maybe in a vacated situation. You, you got variances. You can do a couple different uh, methods or approaches to that property to, to get the city or county or whatever a governing body it is mm-hmm. to approve a build that may not normally be acceptable. And so
4: and I'll tell you what, the other part is that if, if you have someone that has experience that knows what other variances have been accepted in the past, makes a huge difference as well.
3: Well, well I was going to sure. ask you, Chris, where do you find out which governing authorities actually do have authority over top of your land and the building restrictions like Corps of Engineers, DNR, you know, the city, the maybe it's the county. Um, you know, uh, land and resources we deal with up in uh, Alexandria. So, what do what do you uh, how do you find that out? Is that on the title, or do we actually go to the city and ask? Or what do you where do you recommend we start?
4: I mean, I think that's what you do. You start with the city, and then if the city doesn't do it, most likely the county is going to be in charge. Now, the DNR controls lakefront and lakeshore and stuff like that, but the cities obviously work together with them and know what they can and can't do. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so what's it take to tear down that
0: house? Well, first of all, you're going to have to get. uh, approval from the city, so you're going to have to get a permit for it. Uh, typically, a demo, demolition of a property is going to be in that twenty dollars to $25,000 range. Um, and then they'll come in, they'll take the house down, and typically the city is going to require a new home being proposed on that property. So when they demolish the existing home, there's a hole that's exposed, and they want a foundation or construction to start s- closely after that because they just don't want a bunch of properties around the lake to be sitting vacant. Mm-hmm. Without which, construction activity.
4: Yeah, which, which totally makes sense. Um, how about like elevations and stuff like that? I think that's another thing that, you know, people, I mean, can't envision. I mean, that's why there's HGTVs, billion dollars, you know, because people can't envision how that sits.
0: Oh, yeah, that's very important as well. You know, knowing what your ordinary high water level is. So each lake has its own high water level. And so understanding what that is and knowing what the lowest floor elevation is as you design a house... And put that house on the property. A survey is going to help us with that because then it can help us with how high the house sits out of the property. If you can and can't have a basement. Right. Because the old house might have a basement, but it might have been built without that restriction.
3: Or FEMA changed the map on you like would happen to one of my customers up in Lindstrom where all of a sudden their house became not buildable because they changed the way the map went. Yeah. And then, yeah, oh, it's a mess. Oh, but yeah. That's give me a fun. mess. Yep.
0: Yeah,
4: no fun. Okay, so now we. What about like the utilities? If if water and sewers connected to that house, is that all in that twenty twenty five thousand?
0: That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Typically, in a demolition um, estimate, we'll have the contractor estimate utility service cutoffs, and uh, and then also the, the other contractors will pay for the tie in, or they'll estimate the tie in for those utilities. Hmm.
4: Are you are you seeing anyone like, hey, say my house is going to get demolished? Let's come in and sell everything inside.
0: Uh, yeah, we just recently had that actually. Did you? Yeah. yeah,
4: and so they they get rid of everything. But what about like things like asbestos? What if I have or I have lead on the windows? It was built prior to 1978. What what is does that all factor into?
0: Yeah, it does factor in, and that's actually a really important point. Um, we have had demolition where the customer has gone through and paid for an estimate to have a house demolished in the past, and. I'll go in there in the process, and the city is going to require an asbestos testing, and they may not have that testing yet. So we got, we want to get that report, uh, so they're going to permit for that as well and how to properly mitigate that in the house.
3: Okay. Sounds expensive, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> well, it can, but that's why
4: I think you you got to do all your homework up front before you start doing that. And I think that's yeah. what people do. Maybe they just react a little too quick and, you know, get rid of things. And there's a text coming up that's talking about things being grandfathered in. And cool. sometimes when you rip stuff down, it doesn't happen. So we'll, we'll get to that after the break.
2: All right. We'll take this break. We have another half hour of the show to go. So if you uh, have a real estate type of question, 651-989-9226. Text number is 81807. And welcome back to The Real Estate Show. If you have a question related to real estate, 651-989-9226. Or send us a text like some folks have been doing, 81807. Chris and Eddie, you want to grab a couple as we... Uh... Yeah, let's do that. All let's right.
4: ask, uh, how many continuing ed credits do you need to complete... And take courses online. I assume they're talking about the real estate test. Mm. You need 90 hours to uh, get your test and then 30 hours that first year of continuing education. <laughs> so 90 I'm hours sure to pass sir. a state and federal test.
3: Yeah. I'm just told where to go and what to, to study. <laughs>
4: right. <laughs> okay, I have well over $500,000 of equity in our home. So nice. who's your best recommendation to speak without starting a reverse mortgage? We'll kind of probably come back to that one yeah um, yep. on that we've got a couple people, but we'll we'll get that to you later in the show. We're just trying to get the number um oh, this one's nice. when is Morgan going to be on? We are fans of the Morgan reading hour <laughs> on w c c o We're out andy um and then our existing structures on Lakeshore grandfathered in the original zoning and the remodel also mm. good example is boat houses. Good question. What do you have to say about that one, Mr. Dean?
0: Well, um yes, we're working with a customer right now that has a house that's really close to the lake and there's going to be just a, a minor remodel for the house so we can keep it in its exact uh, location. If you uh demo- There's some
4: valuation stuff, isn't there? That if you only do I mean, I, I know that some lakes it's like, hey, if you only if there's an existing house there but it's a non-conforming yeah. that you can do a, an amount of um, remodeling isn't there.
0: There's evaluation method, and then there's also a percentage of keeping the home in place. Okay. So for instance, if there's foundation, if there's uh, the structural components of the house in place, they may allow us to proceed with that.
4: Uh, yeah, and I know I know boat houses are a real interesting thing and a huge sale um, yeah. incentive. I mean, we had we had one that I tell you what I think that. The boathouse probably raised that house $200,000, and it wasn't oh, yeah. that big, but it was super cool. And uh, and it was one of those that you knew on the lake, which one it was, and, I mean, and people love that. So I know you can kind of replace. It used to be you could repair it, but now you can replace exactly what was there, but do it all new.
0: Right, right. Yeah. We had one incident recently, uh, last year actually, where a customer had a boathouse, a small little dock off of it in the lake, and they wanted to tear their house down and the city actually made them take the boat house down as well because mm-hmm. all the structures on the property had to come to today's compliancy. Uh, if they would have remodeled it, they probably could have kept that boathouse.
4: Yeah, there's so many intricate little details when, you, when you're actually doing it on the lake. We'll kind of get into the building part, but I think we got a phone call here. We do
2: have a phone. Larry in Mankato is calling in. Larry, what is your question, please?
5: I just have a comment. Uh, about nine years ago, I bought a, some property from the neighbor. And it's an older part of town. And uh, at any rate, back in those old days, you know how they figured out where the property lines were, um, you know, five steps from here and blah, blah. But anyway, he suggested uh, that we do a uh, surveyor's drawing of the properties. And and it only cost a few hundred dollars. I think back then, about nine years ago, I think it was 600 bucks, So it was like $300 a piece. And what an asset to have that. And you know, if any question ever comes up about where the property lines are, I mean, I've got the, I have got where the surveying stakes are at. I happen to know from the north end of my house to the south end, it's off by about, I don't know, I think it was about a half an inch. I mean, that is how specific that drawing is. About and if and it, your your comments, your your discussion rather about the surveys have you know for like when demolishing you know lake property or something that reminded me of that. You know, and I just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, that's
4: all. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. I think, and, and that is so important. I'll tell you what, the other thing it does, it doesn't have to just be on the lake. I mean, it can be, you know, a normal house in a, in a normal neighborhood. But if you, have, if you have a survey and you have the stakes in there and you can actually show people, it just, the next house that they go to and look at, and they say, well, where, where are the property lines? Well, we're not sure where they are. Well, gosh, that other one knows exactly where they are. And then that goes into their, their thinking that, oh, my gosh, everything about that house. Well, nice I bet you that furnace mind. is better. You know, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's crazy how that does it. But if, if you do that and it's like sometimes radon systems, you know, if you just, you know, everyone in on inspection phase tests for radon. Sure. Most everyone does. And uh, if it comes up higher, they typically ask the seller in which to install those. Sometimes if an existing house already has the radon thing, that might, or the mitigation system, test it yourself. You know, think you you can call. I just was driving down and I saw on a billboard, you know, uh, radon dot com or whatever that you can get a test for nine bucks and be able to send it in. But do that way before you're thinking about listing. Mm-hmm. At least you have that test. Maybe it's six. You put in the mitigation system. It makes you look better.
3: True. I, you know, but one thing I caution everybody about is that the as a seller, just because you put a radon mitigation system in doesn't mean the radon problem goes True. away necessarily because they don't all work or work effectively. I've seen where new houses. I've sold new houses. We do the quick test on it just because. And even the new houses will have high levels of radon. And it's, it's all about the area, the soils. And so it may be... Um, when you're selling that house, for example, and I don't want to get into this conversation because we could talk the whole show, but idea of having, you know, w- what what is a solution versus here's a, you know, here's what we'll do for the buyer coming in, and now it's the buyer's problem.
4: But then, Dean, on, on new construction, you guys just put in a passive system, right?
0: Uh, I actually put in an active system in all our houses.
4: The whole active system. But a lot of builders, they don't do that. And explain they what that is. Passive. Would you quick?
0: Do you mind? Well, passive systems are required by code, and it's uh, basically allowing for a fan and a system to put into automatically um, draft or exhaust the uh, radon
3: organically though there's no fan or anything and it's just a pipe sticking out of the ground basically
0: correctly from the subfloor underneath the slab on grade in the basement and uh, we chose as a builder to do active in all of our houses as a requirement
3: okay so it's actually got the fan system in there pumping it it does yeah cool
4: okay all right you were talking about uh, basements and elevations and stuff like that and i think uh you know, people want, um, you know, high ceilings in that lower level. So say you have a walkout rambler and you want those high ceilings. I mean, that can cause uh, quite the interesting um, steps into the house as well if you don't know does, how to yeah. engineer that.
0: Well, customers all want the high ceilings and, you know, we got floor trusses now that allow us to clear span everything. So on a lake, if you have an instant where it's pretty flat and customer wants a lookout condition or a walkout, they may have to sacrifice some of that ceiling height in the basement to allow for that because you don't want to import a bunch of fill around the house and have the home sitting kind of on a knoll um so you could do retaining walls you can work with landscaping and grading and things like that to to really make it look natural, but you really have to be cognizant of that ceiling height you may have to give up a little bit,
4: yeah, and I think that's it i think the the elevation and what you're dealing with on a lake is is real important before uh, that plan phase starts, oh, you know, sure. because I I think if it's like, oh my gosh, I love this house, it's the perfect house, and I'm gonna go put it on that lot, and when it becomes a uh, a lake lot that you have to kind of work around. I mean, you could be importing a ton of fill and and have a a driveway that's you know got a real steep incline.
0: Really, that's correct.
4: Yeah, and I think too on uh, keep in mind when you're when you're building on the lake. Um, Keep in mind what, what is around you. And when I say that, it's like what a parking is available, like off-street parking. And can you create some more parking on yours? But there's a thing that we have to deal with all the time on Lakeshore. It's called impervious surface. Correct. How does that all work?
0: Cities are going to require typically about a 30% impervious uh, requirement. So, And what does that mean? That uh, So you take the overall um, site itself and then you minus the house itself, any sort of driveway patios, concrete sidewalks and things like that, any of that surface that is not permeable gets factored into that impervious calculation. So if your house and all of those surfaces are at or less than 30%, the city will more than likely approve that.
4: But then when you're talking about that variance, I mean, that's, can you, variance, is impervious
0: surface one of those things that you might be able to get? You can go in with that as well. We did, we were successful. uh, We had a home that was about 24% um, because of the restrictions and the Setback requirements; uh, they allowed us to, through the variance to get approved.
4: And there's some products that you can use as well for sidewalks and stuff that can get you away with that, or is it not so much anymore?
0: Yeah, pavers and some other mm-hmm. applications. If you if you do concrete pavers and you split them and you allow the water to run between them, you may or
3: may not get that passed through. Um, but it's you know, you can certainly ask. <laughs> well, that that's kind of the crazy part, Chris. I mean, sometimes these people have million dollar plus investments into these houses and And then they'll actually have the uh I call it the goat path uh right down to the cabin where it's pavers just to the width of their car tires, and then down towards the house they'll actually put in like the concrete slabs, but they'll have the the paver path all the way down, um which you know, man, if you got that fancy car and you want to have a cabin, it gets to be tricky.
2: yeah, I know Denny, you did that on your property. Yeah, they were little concrete type of blocks, and you could with holes in the middle, and you could grow grass uh, so right. it, it kind of camouflaged them. And uh, it's an extra parking spot. Yeah, you can park, it cool. it looks cool. like lawn.
0: Yep, yep. We've had customers with uh, access that was an access point where they had a dock or something in the past. That dock had to be um, vacated, and so they've actually put a gravel driveway underneath the sod, hmm. and so oh. they mole right through it, but there's a substrate underneath that grass that's um, strong enough for a
3: vehicle to drive on. Interesting.
4: Yeah, so you're not going to cause those big ruts.
3: Hey, I did get a hold of uh, our our reverse mortgage guest that we had on a couple weeks ago. That was Cindy Allen with Bay Equity. Her number is uh, 651-245-3940, 651-245-3940, or just contact the show here, and we'll make sure to forward you Cindy's information. And that
4: that was in regards to the person that had $500,000 equity and that they're wondering about a reverse mortgage uh, referral.
3: Great resource.
4: Okay, what else do we have to worry about on the lake?
0: Uh, sometimes uh, there's a heavily wooded property, and you got to be very aware of tree preservation policies. Um, we recently had another home that we did where it's large oak trees, twenty-five, twenty-eight caliper type trees, so big ones, and the city's going to require a replacement policy. So you know, it's they're going to make you on a survey also note and define this type of tree and the size of tree on the survey if it's six, basically six inches or more. And so, just being privy of that, because uh, those are things that may be unforeseen you're not thinking about as you get into the process that, uh, you know, cost a little bit of money and also might be something that you got to consider. Because if it's a big, huge um, oak tree that's beautiful for the property, you know, that, that, that you got to take that in consideration when you're designing the house and laying the lot out.
4: You now, we talked about water runoff and impervious surface, but they're also probably, I mean, from the houses that are next door to it. I mean, obviously, a new house and when you're in a tight situation like that can cause issues to the other house if you don't take care of that.
0: For sure. That's why that survey is so critical because it may be a retaining wall where you break the grade to the adjacent property so your water isn't flowing on theirs or their property isn't flowing on yours. And so you study all that with the survey, and that goes into how high you raise the house or how lower you bring it in, how much import you bring into it. So there's a lot of uh, work that goes into it, and, you know, that's where – we have a really strong um, system because we have a developer in-house as well that can mm-hmm. help us study all that for customers. Yeah.
2: All right, I tell you what, let's take a break. We have more show to come. If you have a real estate type of question, 651-989-9226. Or if it's easier, send a text, 81807. And welcome back to our real estate show here on CCO. If you have uh, that kind of a real estate uh, question, 651-989-9226. There is a line open. Or send a text, one. Eight zero seven here again, Chris and Ed. Yeah, and Dean
4: Nelson with uh, Homes by Tradition, President, CEO. What else are you? Wow, everything else? Janitor? No, wait. (laughs) (laughs) That's my office. Hey, do what you got to do. I I always throw that on the business
3: card that I'm the janitor. And they what? (laughs) Yeah,
4: put
0: it that way. There's many hats.
3: Yeah, exactly.
4: You know, I um, kind of Dean and I got kind of a long story. And with tradition, I've been along with tradition. Long time before Cobblestone um, started in mm-hmm. Apple Valley, if you know it. They did a traditional neighborhood design. Yeah. And, and, and at that time, I, re, I remember there was 90% walkouts. It was on an old um, gravel pit area, yeah. um, asphalt company, 90% walkouts. And at that time, they t- and everyone wants a walkout, right? At that time they decided, no, we're not doing that. We're gonna kinda create I mean, that whole traditional neighborhood design where you're out on your porch visiting with your family and mm-hmm. you know the main level walks out the yard. They filled in ninety percent of them and had ninety percent flat lots instead. Wow. Which was, I mean, kind of crazy. And then they moved over to Spirit of Branching. That's right. where you office right
0: now. That is correct. Yeah? yeah,
4: yeah. And then uh and then homes by tradition is kind of their upper end. Builder,
0: we're the luxury builder for the uh, tradition companies. Luxury
4: yeah. builder, Did you guys got a? Uh, we got a great. We I because I'm a part of it as well. Absolutely, but uh, reverence, um, kind of in that in the Credit River area over by territory in the back half, opened up a development over there.
0: Correct. Yeah, it's 23 lots, just beautiful. I, I I think it's probably the best property sites in the South Metro.
4: We had a, one of the luxury properties where you had to pay five bucks in which to be able to get in. Just got. I mean, yep. it was. It's it's kind of fun sitting in those.
3: Did they ever uh, total up what they did for charity with all those different luxury homes? I I know that they had a certain goal. It was like a pretty aggressive number. They You're were talking trying to about like, the the dream home entry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they did they ever give out the totals yet of what they raised for charity? Do you remember? That was like wasn't it like seventy
0: four thousand. Yeah, something? I thought was, yeah. I thought
3: they were shooting for something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's isn't that awesome. Yeah. I really mean, nice. so we get that entertainment. I mean, you know, and, and this is. They should almost do that for the whole parade of homes. I mean, honestly, you should buy a ticket and then you buy an access pass because a lot of those people are looking for fun. And they're having a good time. Yeah. It's a good source of entertainment. They're getting ideas. Hey, they pay to go to the home and remodeling shows, right? You, you should pay to go to the – and then everybody says, you're crazy. We want traffic. you know. But the idea there to raise money for charity and let people have a good time, it'd be a lot of fun.
0: That's a great program. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I
4: think they've done that with the Artisan Tour too. Yeah. I mean, that Artisan Tour is kind of fun. I know you did a Meet the Builder segment. But Andy, I know you had a few of those. I did nine
3: of them last fall yeah, where we did the, the wine thing. and cheese Meet the Builders. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, they are a huge success. Yeah. Get yep. a good turnout. Oh yeah, yeah. Fun
4: stuff. Yep, well, it's a lot? Stuff. It's
3: you get one-on-one time with with somebody with your knowledge. I mean, how great is that? Get out, you know, pick your brain and ideas, and you know, and it it's neat, fun environment.
4: Yeah, you know, and we've been talking about you know how to build a a, a lakefront property, um, or build a home on that lakefront property. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about how? Um, with the design, um, landscape goes so much into that as well because we were talking about the elevations <laughs> of the basement and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and and trying to come out. I mean, a lot of people like to use that main that main floor and have not maybe just a deck, but maybe it's, it's kind of going out onto yeah. a, a patio instead.
0: Well, you know, to your point earlier, everybody was pushing walkout conditions <clears throat> for basements. And uh, mm-hmm. what we've seen... Recently too in the last couple of years of customers come in and they ask us, Dean, we wanna we wanna have an outdoor living space that's tied into our main floor living space. So the dining room and the kitchen flows together. They have nice access right out of their main floor to a patio, a trellis with an outdoor fire pit and so on. And uh, I think they would use that uh, much more than a walkout condition. So we've seen a push to that where you fill in the back end maybe. Maybe it's a natural walkout condition, and they're still filling it in with retaining walls and creating that outdoor patio space on the main level.
3: So that's designed to really connect that with the main level of the house. And and entertainment space gets extended. Now you have, you know, the pool or you have the tennis courts or sport courts or whatever you have outside that are awesome can all be – Chris, like you talk about the kitchens outside all the time. Kind of a fun way to tie it all together.
4: That's interesting because I have a, a, a listing like that. And what they did is they f- filled in intentionally, I mean, they designed the house mm-hmm. to be able to have a, eventually have a pool mm. off of their main area. Now, it was on acreage, and they could have created lookout windows for sure and probably even a walkout, but they moved the walkout to the side. But it took away all the windows from the lower level, mm. you know? and so And then some people complain about that, and then it's kind of like, well, this is the reason they did it. And then they're like, oh, that's a really good idea. Yep, we're but doing it.
0: We're doing it a lot now. Yeah.
4: You
3: guys, with that full basement concept as well, are you doing a lot of like zero thresholds coming in from like the garage? Or do you do you have the capacity to do that? Or? Oh, we're
0: doing a lot of that. And yeah, yeah, where we actually uh, bring the foundation up a little bit, and then we'll actually drop the main floor down into that foundation, so you maybe have one riser or no risers from the driveway to the house. Right, you'll see a lot of active adult uh, people who may be in a handicap situation. Uh-huh. Um, that's a really, really good uh, solution for them. Well, I'll tell
3: you what, when my dad years ago got hurt and all of a sudden you've got a grown man that decides he's in a wheelchair and we're taking a bad leg trying to get him in and out of a house with, you know, three, four stairs, I dreamed about having that, being able to, you know, go right out the threshold into the car or whatever and take him to the doctor. But, at the you know, so things change in life. I think that's something to really think about is as we age, you know, that or even just let's say you have a bad knee and you just don't want to have the extra steps in the house or whatever. So...
4: Well, and a lot of people, too, I think are out there that, you know, just maybe like your dad. I mean, if you could have redone that house to be able to fit him because he loved that area yep. for, per se. I mean, a lot of people are running that. and You guys are doing kind of like, like some like major remodels, too, kind of bring that new into the, into the old, but then people don't have to leave.
0: Correct, correct. It flexes as you grow. It can satisfy a cusp, couple with um, kids today. And as the kids go out of the house, they can stay on the main floor as they uh, age in place how about
4: how about if you uh, have a place on 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 the lake you have an existing house and you want to get started and you've got to go meet from that time, how quick can I get it done, or I mean how long does that process typically
0: take that you've seen you speaking uh Chris about the design for architecture and the survey, or just kind of get that me a new thing? house all the way up yeah. talking very little bit if you've got good ideas and some good inspiration. We can probably get the architecture side done in in a month or two, Mm. uh, depending on how many iterations or how many design uh, revisions you do. Um, And then from there, you go and you use that to place the house on a survey. And uh, from there, it's going through the financing, as you well know, and going into the permit process. So it could be probably anywhere from – realistically, three months to to five months on that front end before you actually start the construction process.
3: And that's really important. I mean, you know, when you're talking about, like, the architectural stuff starting with the drawings and whatever, you'll do a sketch plan where it kind of lays out the main level of the house. Then when they say, yes, we like that, then they do cross elevations, side elevations, top, you know, so then you can see, like, window placement, what the trim looks like, what the gables look like, you know, and that stuff also becomes important when you're on a lake because sometimes that you never think about the back or what they call now the front of the house. Now becomes a focal point.
0: For sure. Yeah, we actually um, go out on the property. I'd recommend going out on the property with a customers standing there, looking at sight lines, checking out the trees, uh, looking at the grades, and then from there designing a concept. Um, and then with that concept, you understand the flow of the house, how you want to walk through and see as far as um, views from the inside. Um, and from there, I think a good courtesy meeting would be to go with the city. And talk to them initially right at that stage before you get too far to the architecture so you're not on the right path.
4: If okay. I want to save if I want to save my summer because you don't get a lot of summer here and I want to enjoy that lakefront, when should I start the actual building? I mean, would you start it in the fall and, and and just work through the whole winter and hopefully get it back by July 4th?
0: Yeah, I think before the frost goes on the ground, approximately Octoberish time frame. Uh, gets you in the ground, build through the winter. It's a nice dry stage to build through. Then you get finished and you can go into your house and enjoy it during the summer.
3: Well, we're, we're kind of running out of time here, but this is a, a fantastic topic. I think that most of us could listen to for hours. Um, so how do we, you know, Chris, you know, and you guys obviously work together. How do you guys, do we get a hold of you? What What's the great first step? You know, to, if I was interested in doing a project like this, where, what do I do? Why don't you, tip,
4: why don't you give them the uh, website, your Homes by Tradition website?
0: Uh, it's a www.homesbytradition.com.
4: There's a great gallery on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, is there any photos of me on there yet? No, not <laughs> I am <was> just <laughs> going to say, it's the gallery of Chris. That's why I did it. <laughs> it's a really good Chris uh, with the porch. You have to really – Chris it's, with the kitchen. It's, it's a, you Chris get a, a password for that. I'll have to
0: talk to Nina about marketing. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
4: But yeah, but I'll tell you what, it, in reverence too, and I know we're working on some stuff over in Eden Prairie, you got some stuff on the lake, but all the uh, fun stuff, you build an amazing property. I actually uh, used to own a construction company and I swore off builders mm-hmm. until Mr. Dean uh, built one uh, for my client and I never got one phone call, which is very unusual. Yeah. About a, a bad phone call.
3: Right, right. So. Well, I'll tell you what, we can also probably catch you guys in the parade homes, I'm sure, coming up here the Spring Preview, which is in about a month. Yep, yep. And, and then so we'll just uh, put-
0: we won't actually have a house in the spring preview, but we'll have one. We're designing one right now for the uh, fall preview. Oh, cool. Preview. Yep. Built right. them too
4: nice. He sold them all.
0: <laughs>
2: I wonder okay. who helped us get that. Thing. That was you. How do we get in touch with you guys before we run out of time? ChrisRooney.com.
3: And of course, you can get me at prasky.com. Okay. P-R-A-S-K-Y. Why? Because I care. You've been waiting for me to do that for years, right? I've been waiting for that, yes.
2: This is the Mickey Mouse Club. Absolutely. (laughs) Which (laughs) this is. We've got to run. Thank you, guys. Thanks for, for, for the show today. We'll be back again next week here on News Talk 830 WCCO.